I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Good morning, Sonopee. Good morning, anybody up? You might be as surprised as I was to learn that Steven Tyler, rock and roll royalty, is an early riser. This is Mia, my daughter, Aaron Darling, my significant other, and oh, how significant she is. I caught up with Steven far, far away from the spotlight in the teeny tiny town of Sunapee, New Hampshire, where Steven and his only sister, Linda, spent every summer of their childhood. After achieving enormous success and fame, he bought his own house on Lake Sunapee. His family still lives in the area. Good morning, Linda. My sister, Linda. Uncle Eddie. So, who wants eggs? Who would think Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith, star of American Idol, is just as at home in the kitchen? Good old goat milk for breakfast. You know why? Why? Because it's not bad. <laughs> Y'all, how about a toast? A song in our hearts? Yes. And the thought of perhaps an interview with Oprah. Cheers. Now, what happened when you got the call for American Idol? What'd you think? I actually put it out there right before, when I was getting it just before, it was the nine years of me get, of spinning out again after having 12 years sober. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend, one morning, Erin, she Aaron. goes, you're going to Betty Ford. I went, you and I went into the bathroom at Liv's house and I crushed something up and snorted it and I came out and said, How dare you? You need it more than I did. <laughs> Two days later, I called my best friend Frank Angie out a plane and he flew me out to Betty Ford. And I got a chance with a, I got a chance to, at 62 years old, stop and go, Clean me, start from bottom to end. So she said you're going to Betty Ford and then American Idol, you get the call. Well, I, before I went there, I would say to my manager, I said, I don't care, get me something to do. If I'm going in there, when I come out, I want to, you know, something. So you had said to your manager, find me something, and the manager came up with American yeah. Idol? Uh, no, Actually, no, no. you got the call I said, from... I said, get me American Idol or something. I'd been talking to Marty Fredrickson, who I write songs with, and he was writing songs with Kira, who was uh, one of the, uh, the judges on there. So we went and wrote a song as soon as I got out of there, and, uh, and they said, you got to do American Idol. You'd be a perfect judge for it. So... Unbeknownst to me, they were already looking. Is it true that when Kira called, you said, is it still getting good ratings? I did. I got the text I can show you. <laughs> I saved it. She said, I said text, yeah. how are the ratings? And I also thought, am I going to take over for this grunch, this grinch, I mean, this grump, who I likes mean, to put people down the you last mean Simon? Thing? The last thing I heard Simon say was, I don't like you, and I don't like Country Weston. I thought, how dare you? That's not what music's about, not liking a genre. Mm -hmm. That's really not nice. So, you were worried about replacing Simon or not worried? I thought maybe they might like that. They might have liked someone who went, you know, you suck, get out of here. Mm -hmm. And they might be used to that particular character in the show. And then I thought, you know, uh, there's something about my character that I like a lot. Mm -hmm. There's something about me that's enamoring. I've, so, I've seen how I can change people with mm -hmm. just sitting with them. I like that. I took a chance. Had a late night dance with the missing who was ready to play. Was it me? She was fooling when she told me she was doing. She told me how to walk this way. She told me to walk this way. 
this way. <laughs> I just always thought I could, and I went, I'm going to take a chance and see if, you know, compassion and love and, and, and playfulness and maybe fun, you know, yeah. not too stupid, but yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, but you know, could be the new, the new black. The last time yeah. I interviewed Simon, he was saying that he was running out of things to say. Oh. Well, you've only been doing it one season, but sometimes when people come up and they are really, really bad, mm -hmm. so bad that those of us at home think, God, is this a plant that yeah. this person's is bad? Yeah. Are you thinking, yeah, what am I going to say? I have taken a few things and kept put them in my top pocket. Like, you know, um, one of them was great. So my friend Mark Hudson said, uh, um, uh, did you eat a lot of paint chips as a child? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and did you bump your head on the way in here? And I use them quite frequently, And but they use it. I can't go there again. So I got to right, think, right. think some things up. Mm -hmm. Because believe me, some of them come in there, dressed like a car, and go, in the end. I go, you don't really think you can sing? And they'll look and go, what? That's when my heart breaks. What? My grandfather told me I could sing. Mom told me I can sing, and I've been watching Idol for the last 10 years. Are you saying I can't sing? And now I go, oh, oh. oops. Oh, you were serious. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you came in here, and you were serious. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard for me. Yeah. I'm just... Is it hard for you to hurt people's feelings? Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh -huh. I'm so codependent. Now, if I was this close to them, like you and I, uh -huh. I'd say, you didn't really come in here and try to fool us, did you? I could do it, but they're far away, and I'm sitting next to J-Lo, mm. alpha, yes. you know, mm. female, mm -hmm. Twella Eternus herself. <laughs> and, and, and Randy, uh, I'll say something, I'll go, wow. you know, I, I'll get flavlungered with my lips. I just, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, you just, you really didn't hit the notes uh, kind of so good. And Randy will go, really? <laughs> really, Steven? <laughs> and then I get, oh, God. It's... So when Rolling Stone said that you brought Idol back, yeah. that great review about you bringing Idol back, yeah. how did you feel? I felt so good. You got to know that I didn't ever, why would I do Idol? Yeah. I came from the era where um, you had to play clubs. You had to show your worth by dancing and playing every night. And if you didn't fall down and learn how to get back up and then fall down and get back up, you got intestinal fortitude. Right. I'm not coming on Idol and singing the first time, and if I'm okay, then I win. Half these kids that we sent home aren't, were, are twice as good as Janis Joplin was when she first sang her first note, or I was. I look at these kids and I go, oh my God, I really sucked. <laughs> I would have gotten thrown off the show. And all these kids need is two or three years of clubs and they could be as good as anyone out there. So do you feel that for a lot of these kids who are coming through that you know, more experience, more time, more work would make a difference? Sure. I'm letting kids go. And I see a glimmer in all of them, but we're looking for the American Idol. And I have to say to them, I have to say to them, you know, uh, this is American Idol. You're going to have to go up in front of millions of people, and America's going to vote on you. I got to tell you right now, you're going to have to go back. But here's the good news work on it for another year. Don't be, you see, I didn't want to tell anybody they suck and can't sing simply because. Even when they really can't. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Even when they really can't. I'll tell you why. How many children have been sang to by mothers when they're three years yeah, old yeah. that can't sing, but they gave, they went, you are the yeah. angel of my life. Mm -hmm. And they're singing to the baby as it's breastfeeding. I don't want someone to tell someone there they can't sing and they go home and now they'll but never you, sing to their but, baby. But you know this more than anybody. Yeah. You know what kind of energy you have to put out to get 30,000 people to be right there with you.
to have an audience of millions of people around the country watching to be right there with you. And, you know, you've done that to the point of, you know, breaking your feet and losing your voice and all of that other, the kind of what it, that it thing that it takes to be able to not just sing, mm -hmm. but to be able to hold that audience. Mm -hmm. Are you also looking for that? I am. That glimmer of that certain something that I know not what, because you can't really put your finger on it. But you know, we'll find them. Because as good as Randy is in his music, and as good as JLo is, and as good as I am, that's what we're gonna spot it, you got it. What did it do for you when you realized that all these years, you've been performing 40 years mm -hmm. on stage, thousands of people, fans, mm -hmm. and now middle America, grandmothers, grandfathers, seven-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 18-year-olds, the world has embraced you. Lots of nights when I was alone in the house on, up there on Laurel Canyon, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I knew it. I knew it. Really? I, knew I had some sort of magic that, in the band in the beginning, that was kept under wraps. Bands, this band in particular, we were treated like mushroom farmers. We were kept in the dark and covered with bullshit. Oh, really? Now I'm doing idle. And I'm, I'm hitting that middle America, and I, it's just made me think that I had something else a little bit more than resonated other than the dark side and rock and roll. Stephen's daughter, Mia Tyler, wrote a memoir in 2008 called Creating Myself. Mia wrote candidly about growing up in the shadow of an unhappy marriage between Stephen and his ex-wife, Sarinda Fox. Her father was rarely around. Both her parents struggled with drug addiction, and so did Mia. Sorinda Fox died in 2002 of a brain tumor. Today, Stephen and Mia, both sober, are rebuilding their relationship. Hi, Mia. Hi. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would think, certainly, living uh, in a house where your dad's a rock star would be the coolest, uh, most fun thing. It is, is. Is it? It is. I mean, our lifestyle's a little different. We're very earthy, we're very spiritual we've mm -hmm. got um i mean as you can see there's a lot of things hanging mm -hmm. and very playful dad's always been a big kid so being a child with a child dad is yeah. cool you get to have slides in your house that's really a better question what's it like living with a with a dad who never really grew up i mean it's bittersweet Thanks. it's it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because you get to have fun and and I mean, you know, we've got doors open for us that most people don't. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is, is you know, I, I grew up with my mom. I grew up with my mom in this house, mm -hmm. and so I had her side of things and then his playful side whenever he would come to town. Mm -hmm. And so it was a good, it was a good mix. But um, I think the one thing that everyone always thinks is that we're very, like, spoiled, typical kids of a rock star, and we're mm -hmm. so we're very down-to-earth and very kind of hippie-like and... As much as we have been given a lot, we're not super privileged. We appreciate everything we have. When you were growing up, though, did you think you had a normal dad? Did you did you did you resent not having a normal dad? Because uh, I know you knew you didn't have a normal right. Dad. No, I mean I I think he's beautiful. His spirit is beautiful. I knew at a young age that he was different. Um, the only thing that I didn't like was the way he dressed. I used to tell him I wanted him to dress like Robert Palmer, wear suits, and I didn't get the whole capes and the androgynous thing. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't, uh -huh. didn't want to see Dad doing that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. So I think that was the only thing I didn't like. She'd always say, Dad, you're not wearing that, are you? <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> when you wrote your book, 
Um, you, you said some things in the book about growing up with, you know, this kind of lifestyle that I thought were really pretty candid about what it really means to live in the space where all the attention is going to your, mm -hmm. your parents. Can you talk a bit about that? Um, yeah, I mean, we grew up in the shadows. Um, we are given things and it's beautiful and we take advantage of that, but then there's the other side of it where everyone wants his attention and then you kind of feel pushed aside a little bit, but the older you get, the more you kind of uh, get out of that. But I, I think it's it's it's. When you different. wrote the book, were you angrier? You seem calmer now. Um, it was probably two of the hardest years of my life because mm -hmm. I had to go and relive a lot of my demons, and I didn't want to write a book that was just you know poor me, poor me, poor me, mm -hmm. negative, negative. I wanted to write a book so that every story I said that was sad or negative, there was the flip to that, the positive way that I got through that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, it was the best therapy, but it was also the hardest thing I've ever done. Did it help you to create yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the process of actually writing the oh, book. Oh, yeah. Is it hard to read about yourself in your daughter's book? Very. From her perspective, what did yeah. you learn about yourself? That I hurt her be for heart worse than I thought I did. I mean, it, it, you know, and it just it killed something inside of me. Mm -hmm. Was reading her book one of the first times you realized how, how deep that was for her? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still like, you know, it's just not easy, you know? Mm -hmm. Abandoning a child, it's just the worst thing. It's the worst thing. Did you feel abandoned, Mia? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all do, in a, in a sense. Well, we all, what do you mean by that? All us kids. All you kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I know now that his career is the way it is because mm -hmm. you put your career first and I think that's a beautiful thing and I'm okay I've made peace with not having I mean I grew up with my mom but she still wasn't there either but I made peace with not having them there to like guide me and teach me everything and I learned stuff on my own but I mean there's there's definitely an abandoned sense um, we all kind of feel it afraid things are gonna get taken away and not come back. I mean, I, I, it's, it's crazy being in this house now with you here and all these people here. Cause I, I, I remember you would come to visit me for Christmas and bring all these beautiful presents. And my mom was so crazy. And I just, I was get so excited that you would come here and then you would leave. And I, I thought that if I cried really hard, like that, where you're just like, you can't even breathe that somehow that would bring you back. And I would always pray that like, your tire would pop or something that he'd have to come back and it's so it's 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 nice to have new feelings and emotions in this house because mm -hmm. for a long time this house just reminded me of a lot of negative stuff because mm -hmm. yeah. what you're describing and what you described in the book even though you were angry is that you longed for him oh yeah you had a longing for him mm -hmm. yeah well he was so cool I mm -hmm. mean he dressed cool he always brought presents he was always like the sunshine when I lived with my mom and, and her energy was just really dark mm -hmm. for a long time and so I was so excited when you would come because it would bring such a different emotion to this house and it was definitely um, it was a strange childhood but I mean I'm okay with it I my you mom, made peace with it I made peace because I I watched my mom grow up and she was so negative and she held so much in, and mm -hmm. she... Because she was still angry with him. She was so angry. Mm -hmm. um, and then she got brain cancer, and there's no real reason why you get that. And I, 
in my heart of hearts, I believe that she bottled so much up and kept so much in, not just with dad, but with her whole life, that mm -hmm. something just popped in there and created this negative mass in her brain. And I just, I swore that I would never be like that. Have you forgiven your father? I have. I mean, I get mad at him sometimes when he gets mad at me, and I'm like, you have no right to be mad have at me, you, but... Have you forgiven your father for not being there? Yeah. Have you forgiven your oh, father yeah. for the... Of course. Yeah. I mean, I can't hold on to that, and he's given me so much that he's here now, and we don't always understand each other, but that's typical, and mm -hmm. I mean, it, when he gets mad at me, it's like the worst thing in the world for me because I just don't know how to handle that. But then once I get over it... And why don't you know how to handle it? Because you think you're going to be abandoned again? Probably. Mm -hmm. You think he's going to leave and not come back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I just... I'm not playing Dr. No, Phil. No, no, it's great. No, it's good. That... <laughs> I'm not going down. Anything, but... Hearing that stuff is great. It helps me move on, so mm -hmm. that's great. But after I've healed from it, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm like... Oh, nice. Dad just got mad at me for something. Because I didn't really have that as a kid. Or, like, t even recently, he was like, where are you going? Out. When are you coming back? Be home early. You know, it's like, well, I'm almost 33. Let me think about <laughs> that. But I love it. You know, I do love it at the end of the day. And So what was it like seeing him? I, I, first of all, to see your father on stage performing, what is that like? It was just so normal to me. I grew up, I mean, I think it was a, not even a year old the first time I went to see him. Mm -hmm. So it was just, that was such a normal thing for me. Um, my favorite times is when we're in like Alabama, you know, no one else is there. There's no managers, no suits, no nobody, no other family members. And it's just him and I, and I'll sit in the front in the barricade and he'll just like talk to me during the show or like hand me his, his, his whatever when he's done with it. Or mm -hmm. we just have this like connection and it's nice cause it's like, you're in an arena with 25, 30,000 people, and it's just like the two of us. And I love that feeling. I love that. I love that. That's like a, a bond that no one else can have. And I just, it makes me feel special. When you saw him on American Idol for the first time, what'd you think? Oh my God, we were so nervous because sometimes things aren't taken seriously. And, and to us, he's such a an amazing voice and such a rock legend that we didn't want to see that get marginalized tainted. marginalized yes yeah and so the first episode um we were just kind of clenching in our chairs but his personality comes out perfectly we instantly we were like okay this is going to be good and it's fun for you i mean it mm -hmm. opens him up to a whole new generation mm -hmm. and he loves being in the spotlight and what better chance than to be on american idol and I was so concerned because I'm not sure if he wanted me to do it. No, we didn't at first. And I we knew that. so anti that. And so I got this text. I still have it. I saved it. And it says, Dad, or the, I have your voicemail. Dad, you were so great last night. I can't believe it. All my friends. It was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you, God. That was it. Not the New York Times or... Rolling Stone. No. That was, was good, though. Hearing them say that, wow. And there you have it. And there you have it. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need. That was great, oh, Mia. So great. That was so good. That was so good. Stephen met his longtime girlfriend, Erin Brady, while on the road with Errol Smith. She was the band's tour accountant. So Stephen says he lives on the tail of a comet. Is it hard keeping up with a guy who lives on the tail of a comet? It is. Sometimes it is, because he's a little bit older than I am. And uh, 
I'm surprised sometimes at how much energy he has, and I don't. <laughs> really? Yeah. It yeah. seems in the morning. It seems like I mean, it's boundless. Don't... It seems yeah. like it's boundless, right? It never ends, ever. Energizer Bunny. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh huh. You know what is interesting? Uh, in his book, he talks about I, I can't remember which wife it was. I think it was Mia's mom about being upset that you were on the road and that you had affairs, that you were not monogamous, and you were saying, "Well, you're sorry that you hurt her, but what do you think a rock star is doing out there when women are throwing their panties on stage and throwing their lipstick on stage?" I know. Yeah, you know that. I really like it when they fit me and the lipstick looks good on my skin. <laughs> <laughs> but and they're waiting. And they're willing to do whatever is necessary mm -hmm. to be able to sleep with your man. How do, you, how do you deal with that? It's, it is very hard sometimes. But and since the beginning of our relationship, we both had a pretty good understanding mm -hmm. of, of the opportunity been, that's out there. How long have you been there? together now? Seven years. Seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I was on the road for a long time, too. So with I, him? I actually used to pay him. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw him. I watched the... him. Mm -hmm. I saw how, how he behaved mm -hmm. badly occasionally here and there. But um, but I just said, hey, listen, if you play, I'm going to play. I just want to make that clear to you. And and he didn't really like it, I think, when he was on the other side of that scenario. Ooh. So, so you said, if you're going to play, I'm going to play. Mm -hmm. Out loud, you said that. I said that. I used different words, but <laughs> yes, yes, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> and what was your reaction to that, Mr. Tyler? Oh, I was, you know, uh... I think I heard it and took it, you know, it was funny at first, but if you think about it, you know, you see, that's the thing about, you know, being sober now is playing things through. Mm -hmm. I'd love to do her mm -hmm. since she's going like this and backstage, but, but what happens if I get caught and then, you know, then she's with somebody mm -hmm. uh, it, and uh, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's a little easier for a relationship when it's played like a game like that. Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to don't break the rules, I think I was a little I was a little taken back by that particular wife, um, you know, uh, only because some other people in my life, higher ups, had said, "Doesn't she know who you are?" And I had the audacity to think, "Yeah, doesn't she know I'm a rock star?" And, I'm, and these people were throwing themselves at me. It's wrong doing that, especially if you take a vow being married. But there's also something else in that vow that's missing. Whatever happened to? For better or worse, or till death do us part. Yeah. And so. But you're not trying to justify <clears throat> fooling around. No, no, no. Time. I'm certainly not. Yeah. I'm certainly not. Yeah. You're, uh, you're not trying to justify fooling around. But this no. is a this is a question, and it's a hard question to answer in front of Aaron, and I know that. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching. Lay you it on me, okay. Is it possible to remain monogamous and be a rock star? Yes. Is it possible for you to remain monogamous? Yes, it is. You know what's going on right now is that I don't want to hurt anybody again. For all the divorces I've had, I hurt those girls deeply. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was some behavior that I'm ashamed of and I shouldn't have done. Yeah, and I saw you on the cover of People magazine, and the quote, the pull quote was that you didn't want to be a role model for bad behavior, right? You I don't. don't. Yeah. I, I just can't. It's, I don't want to hurt another human being. I just don't want to hurt so another human being. So when you were being. fooling around all those years, not being monogamous, did you, you, did you not realize you were hurting your no. wife? Because it, was, uh, because it was of the moment, and it was too hot. It gets hot out there.
there could be two girls making out in the front row that are penthouse centerfolds. And it's like, wait, what? And then they're backstage and you ask yourself, I'm not gonna die and not have to, and not have tried that. Uh -huh. I had those thoughts. Uh -huh. I cannot imagine what it would be like to make love to that. Uh -huh. Every man has had those thoughts. The ones that haven't are the ones that are still, you know, in relationships. So how do you, do, do you travel with him? Do you feel like you need to be with him on tour? Yeah. <laughs> you do? Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not stupid. <laughs> no, but Aaron, I mean, there has to be a level of trust because... There is a level of trust. There because is you can't be with him all the time. I can't be with him all the time. In the beginning, I definitely tried. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's not fun either. But also, obviously, you know this about him because I sensed it from television all these years and just being in his presence, he has a huge sexual... Thing going it does. On. A it huge really does. sexual aura. Uh huh. I mean, there's a charmness and charming and then sweet, but there's a huge sexual vibe. It's out there. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. My mother, my sister, someone mm -hmm. I don't know. It's always there. Mm -hmm. And and I hope for the best. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's times when I am not with him and I worry for no reason. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't heard from him today, even though I know he's busy. But mm -hmm. it's like hiding someone's pills or. You know, digging through their, their phone. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live like that. You don't want to live like I that. I, and I can't do it. So what is the key to your relationship? When he says um, there's two beautiful women in the front row, mm -hmm. I understand what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And he so he can openly say that to me mm -hmm. all day long. And sometimes okay. he does say that to me all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. just getting it out there, it's not a big secret, and then we move on. Okay, so are you, are you the kind of woman who could say, well, he could have sex with those two women in the front row, but eventually he's coming home to me, and so that's okay. Mm. I, no, that would hurt me. That would hurt you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. I might say it, mm -hmm. I don't think I'd mean it. So you are in this relationship, and you want a monogamous, full-time relationship? Yes. Mm -hmm. That is your expectation? Yes. Well, the same here. I want mm -hmm. her for myself. Not only that, but, you know, as you said, it's a wonder I'm not dead. Um, it's a wonder I don't have AIDS from what I've done. I may come off as a sexual animal, and I definitely am on stage, because trust me, I feel it myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm not 24-7. I'm not really, really that. I'll sing about it. I put it out there, but I'm not. Could I be? Could be. I never have been. I've never gone on a spree of a stooping spree. I'd like to do that. I'd like to go on a stooping spree and screw every girl I see that would want to have me. Who wouldn't? But I don't. But you don't. I don't. I want it for my own, and if that's going to take that away from it, I don't. What makes this relationship work? Um, me apologizing, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? <laughs> You're a good apologizer. Yeah, yeah lately, but it's think, like enough. For me, I think it's we work together, and we live together, and we sleep together, and I can understand for a wife of someone who has a career that they... It's like a different language to them when they're on the phone. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They're annoyed. But because you were yes. on the road with the band, paying because the he bill. eats it, he breathes it, he lives it. It's everything to him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it would work if, if I felt differently. Do you feel that music is the first love? I do. And that you come where and there? I think I'm I'm up there with it. I don't feel like I'm less than, but I I know I know who he is. Mm -hmm. It's just a big part of him. It's like breathing for him. But I love that about him. What's the loveliest, kindest, sweetest, open-your-heart thing he ever did for you? For me? Mm-hmm. 
So sweet. Um, he, he went all the way to Alaska to visit my grandmother, who I loved more than anything. Passed away a few years ago. And he was on tour, and he took four days to come up to Alaska and meet her. Because we knew she wasn't going to be around for long. And he did that for me. And I'll never forget that. There you go. I love that. I wasn't expecting that answer. I love that it was that and not, he bought me a... Yeah. He got me a Harley. <laughs> Stephen told me there's a magic here at Lake Sunapee where he spent every summer growing up. It's also where he met the legendary Joe Perry, Aerosmith's lead guitar player. Before I left Sunapee, Stephen took me on a drive in his vintage Ford Phaeton to the spot where he says, his spirit was born. Stephen and his sister Linda sent me off with a song. And when you're leaving son of me, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll sit right down in the middle of the road and bring folks sing. Sing your best. In son of me, there is rest, no rest. Bye. Oh my God. Oh, is that the Sunapee song? Yeah, when the guests left. Oh. You know, people that we spent a week with and the, oh. I sang with the little kids. And, you know, when you get to, in a week, you can so get to yes. love somebody. Yes. And when they left, we all went out and we took pots and pans, the whole family, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us, and Sing banged pots and pans. Oh. Like this. As they were leaving, and everybody cried. We cried if we, you know. Wow. Because you got to know the people and then they're gone. Mm hmm. Wow. Yep. Bye. Bye. See ya. Everybody's so darn friendly. I know. Well, there's the harbor. <laughs> there is the harbor. Yeah. Doesn't this look like a set on the a yeah. Fox lot? Absolutely. It's just so glad you could come up and see yeah, this. Yeah, if you were to create a little town, mm -hmm. it's like something out of a lot. There's the police, and there's the harborside trading. Yep. And the Wild Goose Country Store. And the place that I met Joe Perry, the Anchorage. That's it? That's it. That's where I met Joe Perry. Uh, well, I mean, he was making french fries. Yeah, I thought he pulled up in your yard and you just finished doing the lawn. Oh, I'll show you the pl where he pulled okay. in. Okay, okay. That's a gorgeous house. Mm. I love a house with a porch and some rocking yes. chairs. Love yes. that house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Trow Rico here. That's the lawn right there I was mowing. Oh! That's, that's Trout Rico. Oh. That's the place I grew up. Wow. I'm mowing the lawn, Joe pulls up in his little MG. And he said, I'm playing up here at the barn. It's just an old barn where the band used to play. And you heard him play and you knew you found your soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. Black hair. He was good looking. Um, he didn't give a, two craps about anything. Just what I loved. Yeah. He really. It really didn't care. And you've been brothers ever since? Yeah. Off and on, Off fighting and on. the way brothers do, and all and, that other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, completely fighting, completely out of each other's life. He was actually looking for him. He got pissed off at me. They were angry at me for taking Idol. So when I got sober, right, I came in, I went, why are you angry? It did nothing but bring up Aerosmith sales 260%, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, uh, it's because you didn't tell me. I said, I didn't tell you. 
because it was the biggest secret on the planet whether J-Lo was doing it and who was, yep. and it was very secret. And I didn't tell the band. But do you now think you should have told them just like, just before it was announced, you should have said, by the way, yeah, you're I gonna hear this announcement. Of course. Yeah, you're gonna of hear course. this, that's what I think. But yeah. they got over it, right? Right, yes. You are so nice. No, you're a you magical so child. Nice. No, no, you are. Spot, I can, I can tell. And I'm so lonely in life. I have no friends like you. I'm alone. I'm alone. Well, now you're not. I know, I know. Because now we will be friends. I, I, I know, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How rare do you meet somebody you can talk to that gets it? I mean, you get it so, you no, so I, get I it. I really get it. Oh, God. How really many thousands of people you've talked to in long uh, HD, high definition understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Beautiful. So we're going into the woods. Yeah, we're, we're down this path. Okay, I love it. This makes me so happy to be in here. And in the woods with you? It makes me so happy to be in the woods. How do you feel coming into the woods? Does it feel like coming back home for you? Yeah, I mean, this is where I found my spirituality. And what do you mean by spirituality? When I use the word, people get all thrown by it. Okay. So what, what do you mean? Okay, so in the silence, I heard something and I was first scared by it. Uh -huh. And then, like, like back in there, it was so quiet. Uh -huh. And I was so alone. Back now, in there? Yeah. I'd go into the thick of the woods. Really? And I heard silence. And this is a place where I was walking back in here once. So let's go in this way. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, you know, we'll go in here. Uh huh. Um, this may be a little Ooh, hard I, for you. This is what I love. This is what I love. This is beauty to me. Okay. A moss-covered... Look at yeah. this. It's Come gorgeous. on. Okay. It's not too far. Okay. It's just a little bit. Into the woods mm -hmm. with Steven Tyler. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Into the woods. Who would have thought you are nature boy? Who would have yeah. thought that? This was it. This is... This is me, I would, I would look down here for salamanders and think, why is this a little gully? And, and what's over here? And, and oh my God, it's got to be something living would in you there. Spend, would your parents let you spend time out here alone? Oh yeah, I never came back. I mowed the lawns and I just did this. Wow. Listen. It's the stillness. Yeah, it's the stillness. There it is. the magic. There it is. Here, come back there over it is. here. Okay. I want to show you this. Okay. Right? Look. Steven Tyler's taking me to his magical space. Look at this. Look. Oh my God. Right? Look at this. Yeah. And it's, a it's bed. just. It's a what, bed. what doesn't live down in here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is where? And I would sit in here and, you know, today I'd say the Lord's Prayer, of course. Mm -hmm. Then I just thought these wild thoughts of, of what, what's really living in under all the fairy tale books you see. Look, there's a whole city in there. Full. There's a whole village right here. Yeah. We're sitting in somebody's village. Yep. With a sleeping bag, lay down on this. It's as soft oh as soft can be. Smells. What you can't do is. Yes. That was the thing that you said, uh, in your book that drugs take away from you is are the smells, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're numbed out and you can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So you, if you were on drugs right now, you wouldn't be able to sense this the same way? No, absolutely no. not. Really? Mm-hmm. This is pretty special. Yeah. To be in a moment with all this stuff is... Oh, my God, right there. I told you this morning on the... Yeah. Do you think that this is where you came to know yourself? I think I put together, you know, the beauty of Mother Nature and music, and somewhere in that, I felt a presence of God. In the music, I thought that, that God was there. In the music. You know what? I think God's not just in the music. I think God is the music. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to do my Stephen look. Mm. <laughs> I think God is mm. the music. That's the closest I've got. Yeah. Mm. All right, this was great. Yeah. Really great good. Job. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. You got to look out over here. This was a fun day. I got a fern bouquet. Yeah. Yay! That's a wrap. This was a fun day. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. 